This is Making Movies is Hard, the podcast where we talk about the everyday struggles of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Ulrich Brissell, and this is Timothy Plain. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. Can we talk about how crazy this podcast is for a second? Yeah, let's talk about it. Because <laughs> here's the thing, we're really busy guys, and we already have so much going on, and now we're taking on more work. But it's not work. It's a conversation. It's a, it's a learning annex. It's a, it's a place of growth for both of us. You know, <laughs> like, like that's the way I like to think about this podcast is that it's a place where we have a nice conversation about our struggles in filmmaking. And then we get to uh, get feedback and hear from the community. I mean, what, what could be better? Right. Are you worried at all that this could affect our careers negatively? No, not at all. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, you know, if people want to think what they want to think about what we say, they can think those things, whatever they are. Um, but <laughs> but I think for this podcast to work, and like we'll get into what it is in a second, but I think for it to work, we need to be totally honest. It's like transparent honesty and expose the parts of filmmaking that I don't think most people see. Because when you hear independent filmmakers talk, they've usually already found some sort of success. They've already like gone into... The, the mass market but we're independent filmmakers that are still struggling that are still trying to find our voice find an audience get some recognition so I, I just I worry a little bit that we're going to be talking about things that are happening currently in our lives and some people might not totally appreciate that and I don't know if it's going to turn people off from wanting to work with us knowing that we might come on to a podcast and talk about our what we're doing with them um, yeah I don't know I don't know if people are going to be caring about that or worried about that. All right. Well, time will tell. Before we started recording, you were talking about how you were nervous. Why? Oh, just, I don't know. I think it's because I woke up um, apprehensive about everything today, you know? So, uh, and then when I realized that it was um, podcast day, I thought maybe it's because of podcast day. Maybe that's why I'm <laughs> feeling a little um, less confident than normal. Um, but then I, I noticed think, you tried you tried to push it off to a different date, right? But I think it's just it's just being a filmmaker, you know. Like I'm working, I'm editing my movie right now, and I think it's like some days you think it's the best thing in the world, and then some days you think it's terrible. Um, How do you feel about it today? I felt it was well. I started out feeling like it was terrible, then it got better, and now I'm. I don't know. I don't think it's terrible right now, but I think it's a. I'm not as confident as I was on Monday. On Monday, I was like, <laughs> this is this is awesome. I, I'm having so much fun editing, you know, but now it's more like, ah, oh, geez, what am I doing? Are you starting to find the mistakes now? It's not even that. No, I don't even, that's not really. It's just the, well, I mean, it's just the regular stuff where, you know, you realize you made this mistake or you realize you made that mistake, but it wasn't like I opened it and saw a mistake and was like, oh, it's terrible. It was more like I woke up in the morning and felt it was terrible. Uh, so uh, I think it was an internal yeah. feeling and not, not an external thing. Um, so it's not like you saw something that changed your mood. You just woke up with this. No, yeah, I just woke up with it. I think it was, I think it's completely <laughs> internal. I think it's just like, I, as an artist, I think we all feel this way a lot of the time where you just like, you wake up one day and you just think that, uh, what are you doing with, your, with yourself? Why are you, why are you making these movies or why are you writing these stories? You know, and I think you just need to, you know, believe in, in what you're doing, you know? I'm kind of in a, a low place right now, too. I sent my reels out to a few production companies to see if I could drum up some interest for 
like commercial directing and uh, I have meetings tomorrow I just finished shooting some commercials today and tomorrow I'm gonna go meet up with production companies but one of them already got back to me and said some stuff and I can just tell they're just kind of like yeah you're not really ready to sell yourself did they say that <laughs> no they never say it outright but just the way that it was worded was kind of like uh, the question was posed of your creative friends inside the ad agency do you think that they would put your name in the top of the pile for a commercial job and I was like no they probably won't I won't be at the top of the pile but maybe I'll be like two or three levels down after the A-level director passes and maybe like the B-level director passes, then maybe they would come to me because they know me and there's producers there who would probably get my back. I don't think that um, means anything about what they think of you, though. I just think that they're testing to see what you think of yourself, you know? Yeah, but the the email exchange ended with, well, yeah, if you want to come say hi still, that's cool. <laughs> to at least put a... A name I'll, always say name. yes, right? You know, you always want to say. <laughs> I hi. said, yeah, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll come by and say hi. Yeah, I had a so, meeting like that a, a while ago where it was like, obviously there was no interest in anything happening, but it was more like for me to gain information. But it was great because like I did gain information, and I now I'm in kind of contact with that person, and it's good, you know. But uh, but well, that's make- how I'm treating it for sure. It's like I'm I'm treating it as informational but secretly hoping that it turns into an opportunity but right now the way that email exchange went it was purely informational and there was no like hey we should talk about like what it would be like if you signed with us none of that came out of it oh right yeah I mean I I said I don't really know how those conversations go so I don't know if those things happen right away or if it only happens after you you know (laughs) chat for an hour in their office and whatatever make them laugh with many funny jokes um, i don't know but you're taking meetings though that's amazing you know like, well it's I'm, easy because i work with these people so i can just say hey can you take a look at my reel i've done this before yeah it's just it's disheartening because i don't have commercial work on my reel i just have films and it's hard to go to the next level with just films in your reel i know as a commercial producer when i hire a director if all they have is a bunch of short films or music videos we're kind of like oh well can they direct commercials because telling a story in 30 seconds is very different than telling a story in three minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes yeah a commercial is a way different thing than a movie and i think yeah like you know it's very specific like even the commercial stuff i've done probably wouldn't even qualify because it's more like documentary style stuff yeah you know but i mean i don't know it's like you want to make movies though man you don't want to direct commercials really i want to make a living directing (laughs) so (laughs) if commercials is a way for me to make money while i'm directing i mean it's a no-brainer for me i'd rather be directing commercials than producing them that's true yeah makes sense i've had this conversation with another director recently and he's doing the same thing as you are and i'm just like you know I, I, I get it. I just, I, I like, I don't know. I just feel like I need to get better at making movies, you know, just making more movies. And then that'll make me better. If I put a lot of energy into like trying to make a really sweet commercial or direct commercials, it's like, well, then what? I'm going to get commercial jobs. It's like, I want to make movies. <laughs> but I mean, I, I see the point the making the money is good, you know, definitely. I mean, in, you know, I think having some really good commercials under your belt as a director helps you with the filmmaking stuff too, you know, cause it's all about people, you know, 
being able to see something in your work. And the more work you do, whether it's commercials or films, the better, right? So what is making movies is hard. We're going to talk about making movies from our perspective. We're two independent filmmakers, and we're still trying to figure this all out. And we figured it would be good for us to do a podcast where we talk to each other about what's going on in our independent filmmaking careers, what we're dealing with, what the struggles are, and share those with everyone so there can be some sort of shared experience. Because I, I think there's so many people out there like us that are trying to make movies um, that can benefit from hearing people in their shoes talk about it. Yeah, and I think another another thing for me at least is, you know, when I when I made my first short film, I kind of thought like, oh, I'd make my short film and then I would get picked up by an agent and then I would be like on my way, you know, like after I got into like this and that film festival. And then after meeting other filmmakers at film festivals and like hearing about their, you just finished their directing their second feature and they're still in the exact same place that I'm, I am now. It's like, okay, this is going to be a lot longer of a, of a thing <laughs> than just making one movie or two movies or four movies. And then suddenly being like skyrocketed off to the big time. So if I'm going to be doing this for multiple years um, at this level, all by myself, like, I think it's going to be really important to learn more about, you know, what I'm doing, what others are doing and, and how to how to just get by and, and make the movies that we want to make. So that's kind of why I think this podcast should exist is just to help filmmakers at this stage of filmmaking where I think most a lot of people are just going to be at forever where you just make movies and figure out how to make the next movie and figure out how to make the next movie. Right. And the truth is that we might not ever make it into the mainstream. There's a lot of filmmakers out there that might just be doing this over and over and over again and never make it into the mainstream. And this podcast is for them. The The statistics for Sundance, which is the festival that every filmmaker dreams of being in, is there's 12,000 films submitted in a year, like total features and shorts, and less than 200 of those screen at the festival so it's a very small percentage of people that are making it into Sundance and here's the tagline this podcast is for all those filmmakers that submitted to Sundance and didn't make it in yeah or South by Southwest or Tribeca or the Austin Film Festival or you know um, the Toronto International Film Festival like all the big film festivals because I know, know those numbers aren't as big as Sundance's but they're all kind of similar, you know, like yeah. thousands and thousands. There's a of lot of us out there. Oh yeah. This is a very, very uh, common place to be. And, and I love being in it, you know, to be honest, like I love the fact that I get to make movies however I can, <laughs> you know, I think that gives you a background of like, that's kind of why we decided to make this podcast is because it feels like this voice of the independent filmmaker that's still in the race that hasn't crossed the finish line yet. is kind of empty from, from media. I don't hear this voice often. And I know from uh, experience when I talk to other filmmakers and about what I'm going through, and I, and I think I'm the only person feeling that, it helps for me to hear them say, oh, no, I, I've been there, too. I felt that, too. I've struggled with that, too. And so that's, that's the voice that I want to be. I want to be the voice of the independent filmmaker that's still in the race, trying to get to the finish line. Awesome. So, Timothy, um, tell me, what have you done to get to where you are right now? <laughs> you mean what makes me qualified to talk about this shit? Well, we both made movies before, and we both know how, how to get it done. And, um, you know, we're still learning, but we're 
we're hoping to uh, to to share what we learn on this podcast. We've been doing this for a while, and that experience hasn't equaled success in like the the mass market appeal type way, but it equates to uh, what does it equate to? Um, the success of being able to tell a story and continuing to tell stories. That's the, that's what I think the success. I has guess been, it. You know. Yeah, or like we're not just starting out. We've we've been doing this for a while. And we have we have experience outside of making films. Like we're all professionally, we're also working in quote unquote the business, not feature <laughs> film business, but we're we're professional storytellers. No, that's wrong. Well, I think you are. Um, I'm more of a professional camera monkey, um, you know, <laughs> but uh, close enough. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're professional film people, and we're on the side pursuing this. Yeah, or as it says on Facebook for a lot of people, video production professionals, I think, is a is a key key term yeah. that people use. <laughs> so yeah. I think that defines both of us in a very broad way. What do we hope to talk about on this podcast? What, are, what will some of the topics be? I think they'll range from everything on to like how to put a production together, um, whether or not you need to be in LA to make movies. Um, we're both based in San Francisco, so we, we might have a thing or two to say about that. And then, um, you know, what are some of your topics, Timothy? I want to talk about Kickstarter because I get asked a lot since my film was the top funded short film on Kickstarter. When we raised our raised money, I've been kicked off since then, but still people always want to find out like, how did you raise so much money? So I think that would be a good one. I want to talk about how to define success because that's something that I struggle with all the time. Um, I'd love to hear like, I, I want to just have a conversation with you about concepting and writing ideas. Cause I'd love to hear like how you go about it. Like, what what is your writing process like? How do how do ideas come to you? Do you think about budget when you're coming up with ideas? All that kind of stuff. Those yeah, are some things off the top of my head. Yeah, one other topic I want to talk about is um what what our plans to get our first feature off the ground are. Oh yeah, and like what we're That's doing good. to to make that happen because I think we're both sort of approaching it in different ways, um, and some in the same ways, and I think it'd be interesting to talk about how we're going about that because there's there's a lot of ways you can go about that as well. In some ways, putting a podcast out there where you're the kind of the center of it and you're talking about yourself makes it sound like you think you know better than other people. Those people listening to you almost need to look up to you for that to work. But I, I want to make the point that you don't even need to like our films, I think, to appreciate this podcast because it's about the common experience of making films, regardless of what you think about what we're doing. I don't think that should matter. I don't think you need to like what we're doing at all. No, I don't think you need to like what we're doing, and I don't think you need to look at us as an authority necessarily. Like, thank you, know, you authority. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, like we we've both made movies before, but we definitely don't know the best way to make a movie, and we definitely don't know the how to make the best movie. We're just trying to make movies and uh, just trying to keep it up and keep it going and not lose that fire that allows us to keep on telling our stories. So that's why this podcast is is happening, is so we can. Just keep it alive, you know, and share stories and learn and grow, you know, and hopefully, uh, you know, learn from the audience who will listen to this as well. And we work both professionally in video production, I guess you could call it, as well as doing stuff on our own. So 
it doesn't give us any authority on the subject, but it just means that we have a lot of experience and a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, I think also people might want to hear, you know, whether or not we went to film school, you know, and we both went to, you know, school for, well, you went for film, right? I went for video production, but same thing. I went, it was called uh, Motion Pictures and Television. Ooh, fancy. Mine was Broadcasting (laughs) Electronic Communication Arts. Which isn't a sentence, <laughs> but that's what it's Wait, called. Broadcasting communication arts. Yeah, broadcasting electronic communication arts. Becca, baby. What school is that? It's SF State. Oh, yeah. People will I heard know about that You'll program. Know. I got some Becca homies out there. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll chime in. I'm sure. But yeah, I still took writing classes. I still made movies in in college. You know, and I still learned the skills I needed to to get a job in the um, the industry when I left. So. You know, I think it's 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 basically when people say film school, it's it's kind of what they mean, <laughs> roughly. I don't even know what film school means anymore. I mean, you can check out all our films um, on YouTube and Vimeo or whatever. Just Google us. Um, I think we're both highly Google Googleable, 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 Googleable. <laughs> we're both highly Googleable, and uh, yeah, you can see what we've done. And I know I have an IMDb, and I'm sure I think Timothy has an IMDb as well. So. See see what we'll see what we've done and you know it's not a lot but it's something and uh, you know hopefully there'll be more in the future all I know there will be more in the future still hopefully about it <laughs> awesome so the general format of the show is going to be a little like this we're gonna open up the show just kind of talking to each other about what's going on at that particular moment of our filmmaking lives we we started the podcast tonight talking about that i don't know if it's going to make it into the final one but that's kind of how every podcast will start is just us talking and then we're going to hit our topic of conversation and go back and forth and ask each other questions a little sample topic of discussion this week is i have a limited budget and if i had to only invest in one resource to make my film what should i spend my money on I love this question because I think almost everybody who's making a movie for the first time is working on a limited budget. So do you know what you would start with? Uh Uh-huh. But I want you to start. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I think for me, it's not even, especially thinking about it as like, if I didn't have any of the connections I have or know any people, if I was just like one person, I wanted to just make a movie, I would probably try to find a really good partner, like a really good like let's say I didn't know anything about cameras, like a really good DP who owned their own camera um, and who wanted to make a movie and they didn't have aspirations to be a director necessarily. Like let's say they had aspirations to be the DP or a producer or a writer. I think that would be the person I would look for because once you have one really good person to help you and who's like really invested in the project with you, then you're going to be way, way better off, you know, making your movie because it's really, really hard to make a movie. And I think if you're doing it alone, um, it's, it's really difficult. And I did that for my first short. I kind of did it alone. I think if you have that really good partner to work with, you're going to be way, way, way better off. Is that cheating though? Is it cheating to say a person is the thing to invest in? <laughs> I don't know. And I'm kind of thinking your answer sounds like you're you're saying what you would do if you were starting out for the first time making a movie. Right. My answer is more like what I would do at this moment. Like, oh, let's say okay. I had a thousand dollars and I was going to go shoot a short film. And okay. I only if I only had a thousand dollars and I had to spend it all in one place, 
where would I spend it? And for me, it's in, I don't know if I, I'm going to say actors or acting. It's in performance. So whatever that, whatever that is for that particular project, if it's going to be casting, if it's going to be paying actors, like sometimes you try to hire actors for free. I always say pay actors because you're going to get a better actor to come in on an audition if they know they're going to get paid for it. Uh, flying actors up from L.A. if you need to. Maybe paying for rehearsals. Whatever you need to do to get that performance, I feel, is what I would do with the money because I feel like if you can give me an iPhone and two really good actors, then I can make something compelling. And I spent a lot of my early career just obsessed with making things look professional. And I've kind of come to the conclusion now that what makes things feel professional and not amateur is actually the actors that you can shoot it on a shitty camera. You can even have kind of bad sound, but if the actors are, are real, then it's just going to, it's going to feel professional. Yeah. I, I, I almost agree with that. I think that, you know, the performance almost. is, yeah. <laughs> well, the performance is everything. Like if you don't have a good performance, you don't have a movie. But I'm just thinking, like, if you if you have a thousand dollars, let's say, um, yeah, spend it on on finding good actors. Like, whether it's you know even just paying them, like if you're paying nobody else and you pay your actors a hundred dollars a day, they'll totally respect that, you know. And you'll get better people f- because of it, you know. It, it, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of money. And even if it's just investing on like travel expenses and and stuff for actors, I think that's a good use of money too. Um, but I just but think that is that the only thing that you would spend your money well, on? Like if you could only have one spend your money on one category, let's say it's cinematography, a producer, uh location, actors, uh editing, sound design, like where where do you think your money is best spent when you have when when you're putting together a small production? I would actually say getting a sound person would be on my list because um, you know, that's number 2 for me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sound, I I think sound is more important than visuals. Oh, definitely cuz you can get I mean everybody in the world has a 5D today and you can find somebody who wants to make a movie with their 5D like for free like I'm I'm sure wherever you are you can find that person. Um, but you can't find a really talented, um, you know, audio person, you know, or not even, or just competent audio person without paying for them. You know, like it's like, unless you convince somebody to do it for free, which I have before, and I'm very lucky for those people, but you know, good sound is like, it's so vital. So yeah, I would definitely want to invest in sound for sure. This is kind of a trick question though, right? Because everything's important. Everything's important. But I mean, what can you get by (laughs) by wheeling and dealing for free? You know, like I think it's kind of easy, not not easy, but like there are producers out there who want to produce great content. So if you have a really cool script that, you know, other people like, you can find that producer who's going to want to partner with you. Same for the DP. But you're not going to find a sound designer or a field sound technician who's going to want to partner with you to like, do the sound for your wonderful movie because there's nothing really in it for them necessarily, unless they've never done one before. And then in that case, I don't know, their sound, it might be good, but it might not, you know? So that it's a good point though, that the just general crew members don't care about credits, not the same way that like a writer or director or producer or an actor does, because for them, the credit means something. Whereas a crew members is usually working to get a day rate like that's how they're making their 
their uh, their living. So if you can't pay them, it's harder to convince a crew member to work for free, or you're going to get somebody that just hasn't done it before and just needs the experience. And then the quality of your movie is going to suffer because of that. But I'm not changing my mind. I still think actors are the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you happen to be friends with somebody who's like a very talented actor, which I think is very, very rare to just land, you know, in a town with somebody who's extremely talented in front of camera because it's a very difficult thing to, to do. And I think, you know, there's a there's a certain amount of natural talent that comes with it also. So, you know, like you couldn't put me in, in, in a movie and I just do it and do a good job. It just won't won't happen. You know? <laughs> like that's just not my strong suit. So yeah, I think acting is definitely definitely somewhere where you want to spend your money. But it's tough you say one category because it's basically like I see that a thousand dollars and I just want to <laughs> spread it across the whole production. No, 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 you know, it's a theoretical question. Yeah, yeah. It's funny people. I I, I you know being in film festivals and doing Q and A's, I've had the question asked of me like. You know, if you could only have one thing with you on an island to make a movie, what would you have? And uh, I think I said makeup and actors one time or something. I kind of cheated. And then <laughs> everybody in the room started going, oh, God, like, what, what are you crazy? Actors and makeup like, oh, don't you need a camera? Don't you need this? Don't you need that? And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, I can use my, you know, I can have a camera, my own camera that I own, you know, or whatever. I don't know. It, it's a hard question to to answer, but I think, you know, it, it's, it's just... It's a really hard question to answer because every aspect of a film is important. And that's why sometimes it can feel overwhelming when you don't have a lot of money and you have to pick and choose and decide where you're going to spend that money and where you're not going to spend it and ask for favors. And so I think it's a good thing to ask. I think it's a good thing to ask on a project by project basis because every project is going to be different and uh, if you're the director or you're the producer of the film you should look at your budget and look at your script and decide where am I going to put most of my efforts into this like what's going to make this great is it the performance that's going to make this great is it going to be the cinematography that's going to make this great is it going to be the sound that makes this great there's usually one thing that kind of stands out above the rest that's going to be like if we don't get this right the whole thing falls apart and like that's the place you should put your money yeah i also think like just to be really pretentious here is uh you know just have a good story you know like it all starts with the story and i mean everyone says that and it's sort of to the point where it's like annoying but it's totally true you know like if you don't have a good story to tell you know you're going to be fighting an uphill battle and um you know i did that like strange thing my my short film like it's it's a cool story, but it's not really that, you know, detailed of a story. You know, it's sort of like more like a premise that I just sort of made a movie out of. Um, and it mm -hmm. works and it's cool. But yeah, I think, um, you know, just making sure that you have a really nice, interesting story that people are going to want to listen to. Like if you tell somebody like what your story is and they're like, ooh, you know, like that, that's a really good sign because, you know, that doesn't happen all the time, you know. Um but you have to be willing to tell people about it, which I think a lot of filmmakers are, are apprehensive about. It's like telling, you know, letting people know what you're making or, or telling them the story before you show them the movie. But I think you have to be really, really willing to like just share your idea with a lot of different people if you're going to be a filmmaker, because, you know, that's the only way something's going to get made, you know, in the, you know, out in the, the land of budgets and money and stuff. So get comfortable talking about what your story is and, 
getting feedback from people and like just reading people's reactions when you tell them what the idea is. Cause you know, if, if they're not even paying attention to you and you haven't even finished telling your, your idea yet, you know, it's not a good idea. And that's happened to me before where I'm like pitching my idea to somebody or like telling them the story and they're like, you know, looking down at their phone or, you know, like <laughs> you can tell that they're ready to change the subject to the next thing. Like they're trying to be nice because they know that you, you really love filmmaking and you want to be a filmmaker. But, you know, they really like want to talk to you about like that sport game they just saw or, you know, that car that drove by or that girl that, you know, is walking around the corner or whatever it is, you know. I don't I don't like this part of the show, by the way, the lesson learned this week. Oh, you don't like it? No, let's hear yours. Well, let's just explain what it is first. So this this lesson learned this week, this filmmaking <laughs> lesson learned idea, I just think it's fun because like I think every day as a filmmaker, you learn something new about your craft, even if it's just a small thing. So I just thought it'd be fun to like just talk through like the one thing that we, we learned from this week. And what I learned was that if uh, Adobe Premiere is crashing over and over and over again, um, don't <laughs> uh-huh. just restart and curse and slam on the keyboard go to Google, look up the error code and then fix the problem because I did that this week and it has not crashed since I fixed it. <laughs> so I've been living, living with this crashing for like three months now and it was a simple setting change. So that's my filmmaker tip of the week. I think we might just retitle the section to Ulrich's lesson of the week. You don't have a lesson, Timothy? Come on. You were just on a big shoot in Universal Studios in L.A., la-dee-da. You must have learned <laughs> something today. I have. It just sounds like. It's too pretentious. I can't. I don't. Yeah. Like, it sounds so weird for me to, like, be like, hey, all you filmmakers out there, here's <laughs> the lesson you should learn. Well, I don't know. It just I mean, seems. You know, I don't know what I have to offer people. Okay. Well, what, what, that's, well that's talk what to me about to. your shoot. Like, what happened in your shoot today? Like, what you know? Nothing. You it's so have, boring. You must have had a problem that you solved at some point. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to help anybody listening to this podcast. I want to hear it. Even, <laughs> if, even if we don't include it, I still want to hear what I, it is. No, I think that what's going to end up happening is this: the beginning section where we just talk about stuff is going to be similar to the lesson learned this week. Mm-hmm. And maybe, it, you know, maybe it turns into like, we talk about stuff up front and then the lesson learned this week is just kind of like a recap of like, well, what I learned from sending my reel out to production companies is blah, blah, blah. What did you learn about that? I don't know. I'll tell you tomorrow after I meet with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think the lesson you learned it well so far is that um, to do it, and not just think about doing it. It's just, just yeah. be active and I don't know. be proactive. I'm regretting everything right now. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. And here's our sign off. Re- I'm regretting everything. <laughs> and how do you feel? That's what it should be. How do you feel? All right. So we finished our first podcast. How do you feel? I feel way better than I did when I started. I was feeling like <laughs> like a useless piece of crap before I started this podcast. And now I feel like. Oh You're yeah, contributing to the world and contributing to the world. Like this is something <laughs> that I would want to listen to if uh, if I wasn't me doing it. The next episode is going to be way better because we're going to be talking about real stuff. Like this is just the setup. This is like Act One. Right. Act One is when I was a kid, I hated Act Ones. Oh yeah. Because it was all the setup and like getting to know the characters. Do you and still I just hate to, Act like, Ones? No, no, I love them. Okay. You yeah, just wanted to get into but, it, you know. 
I wanted to get into it. I didn't care about all the like foundation of storytelling and like getting into like who the characters are. You wanted Luke's parent, uh, uh, uncle and aunt to die. You wanted them to be dead, <laughs> and you wanted so then Spider Man could come out and right. go fight crime. Exactly. Um, but then I learned that the emotional resonance of all of Act Two and Three come from the setup in Act One. Bam! That's a good lesson. There you go. That's my lesson. That's your for the lesson week. to work all the so. All the setup from Act One is what gives off, makes Act Two and Three great. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, by the time you listen to this, we'll be on iTunes. So go over to our iTunes podcast link and give us a like or share it with people that you know. And you can follow me on Twitter at Timothy Plain. And you can follow me on Twitter at Alric B. And also on Facebook, Ulrich Brussel, because I'm very active on there as well. I'm not active on anything. All right. See you guys later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs)